Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. to have human friends but not anymore not anymore now my friends are AI they drive me to work they iron my shirt I used to have human contact but not anymore not anymore don't put your arms around me I can't take anymore inhuman can't take Oh, my 
digital3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Out of the pan with Sally, first broadcasting noon till one Australian Eastern Standard Time every Sunday. Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people listening in from all the lands that make up this continent. And I'll explain why in a minute. I feel it's appropriate to acknowledge all Native peoples around the world today. And if you want to get in touch with the program, there's lots of ways to do it. You can email out of the pan 855 at gmail.com, SMS 61456715028, and um, look for the posts on Facebook or follow the thread on Twitter at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And um, all opinions on the program are my own and the individual opinions of my guests, unless otherwise stated. Um, and, well, it's uh, the reason I acknowledge all Native peoples um, around the world today is I'm talking to someone who's well on the, the, in the country that is now called the United States of America, and it is my pleasure to welcome to 3CR... Paige, well, Paige, welcome. Hi, thanks, Sally. Good to be with you. And as we like to do to respect people's gender identities and pronouns, if it's okay to ask, can I check in with which pronouns you use, if any? Absolutely. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, there. Thank you for um, being clear about that. Well, I've got you on the show today because... Um, Amongst many, many things we can talk about, you've pulled together a novel, um, and it's, um, I wanted to talk about that. So um, tell us what the novel's called, and was there a moment of, say, um, a light bulb moment, an inspiration moment where you said, oh, I've got to write a novel? Absolutely. Uh, the novel is called Emily Corn, Discovering Darkness. Um, and uh, the story has been uh, growing over the last sort of 12 years, 12, 15 years, and initially began uh, as a story to uh, reclaim magic into a more feminine uh, realm. Um, and after I'd written the, the, the main uh, storyline, I was looking for publishers to publish with, and a lot of them, I was trying to look for LGBTQ publishers. Mm -hmm. um, and so I hit all of those publishers up first with, are you interested in this story? And my justification of my association with the character was that the character Emily Korn was female. And for me, I felt like an element of my inner voice was female, and this is before I, I identified as gender pronouns, they, them, there. And then as I'm writing this, uh, this definition of, um, of why I connect with this story about this female character, I was explaining about being uh, gay and, and being non-binary, and suddenly I read my own email to these LGBTQ plus publishers and realized 
this is the missing element, this personal touch that relates me into the story um, and to some some format um, Emily is is this non-binary character um, and uh, initially she begins to recognize herself as a she and then as as time progresses and I won't give away too much about the sequels to the the first book but there are going to be these these self um, self uh, development um, aspects to her life where she starts uh, discovering that not everything is, always has to be within the realms of uh, binary uh, formats. Hooray for things beyond binary formats, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, yes, uh, as we like to use the hashtag on this show, hashtag binary busters, uh, who you're going to call uh, for sure. Well, I'm glad of glad I've called you. So it's, it's, a, it's so often the case that um, there's this intertwining between the expression of people's creativity and their own personal journey as the layers unravel and become a bit clearer and, well, cleaner rather than tangled. That's happened for you. That's, um, you know, it's, it's fantastic. It that, that is incredible. So... You've got this amazing character, <clears throat> and with, you know again without um, to use here's a, here's I'm sorry every every guest has to put up with my love of what's called sports entertainment. I'll use a professional wrestling analogy. There's teasers versus spoilers. We don't give it away, but to do some teasers, um, you know, can you throw a little more in about what you have in mind, you know, for future books um, for um, Emily Corn's character as well. Absolutely. So, Emily, the first book is about uh, discovering darkness. So, it encapsulates this innocent phase between being a child and coming into this realm of understanding that not everything is quite as it seems in the world. So, it's that first episode of waking up to that that pinch of darkness that I think a lot of people... Uh, discover um, during their their childhood to teens into adulthood, um, and then the the sequels uh, are going to follow Emily through uh, attending school. So up to this point in the first story, she's homeschooled. the The sequels will follow her through her education. Um, so we we have planned at least two more volumes and those might be um, split into part one and part two um, and they're going to be her education uh, so it's going to be her experiences uh, and I say she for now because that's where she is um, her experiences at school with uh, with with this non-binary role um, and and how she navigates through uh, through the the problems that she's challenged with at school, and this is all set within the realms of a magical fantasy upbringing and uh, hierarchy that she's a part of. She belongs to a, a group of very powerful women called the Gaians, and uh, they are they are earthen women who who have sort of practiced 
uh, eons of, of time uh, living in, in harmony and with balance of the planet and, and utilizing nature's natural energies. So uh, it's a very much empowering story. Yeah, it's certainly someone who finds their sense of power in a way, which is a really um, cool thing. Um, so there's plenty of scope for that. I'm, I have to admit, I, I'm seeing TV series and movies coming out of this um, to <laughs> some extent, um, which would be most welcome um, and and very creative. Um, just, um, sorry, one administrative matter while we keep going on. Um, I just, um, miss, I think I missed, misread the um, um, SMS line, 61456. 751215, let's say that again, 61456751215. And um, for those listening in live, there will be live chat on all those means of communication. So, yeah, um, a huge, a huge journey, which, you know, opens up so much, um, you know, so many possibilities, so many angles. But I'd wanted to you know, if I may, I want to link that into, well, all of your journey, Paige, starting um, from the day you emerged into the world up until now. Um, <laughs> there's probably a long long journey and, well, to quote the Beatles this time, a long, a long and winding road in there. Um, where did, you know, let's sort of go right back to that um, starting point, if, you, if you're okay, and just chat a little about that and how you got to everything about who you are and I'll say where you are now or anything you want to that is <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was born in a very small town on the south coast of England called Littlehampton mm -hmm. uh, in West Sussex um, I had wonderful parents who were very supportive of my extremely creative nature as a child <laughs> Um, a very hardworking father, a very nurturing and caring mother. Um, and they, they allowed me to, to be, become me, um, which is, is a, 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 wonderful, um, a wonderful journey to have as a child, to be allowed to explore imagination uh, and safely uh, explore it. Um, so then... Similar to Emily, uh, because I think most stories come from an element of truth, I struggled at school. Um, I experienced bullying. Um, I was called gay when I did not even know what the word gay meant. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I think I, I grew a resilience. I grew strong from uh, what other people thought was a persecution. I grew strong in a realization and I grew strong in uh, identifying with, with that role, um, but on a lot deeper uh, a level than, than people wanted to, to sort of, you know, uh, cast um, harm and hurt with the use of the word gay. Um, and it, it made me strong. It made me question, well, am I? What 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 is this gay thing? What 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 does it mean? And mm -hmm. I I set off on a journey. I left home uh, as quickly as I could, um, uh, and I was supported by my parents in doing so. I left and I moved up to London, uh, the capital of England, mm -hmm. uh, at sixteen and a half, and I went to train as a 
a dancer. Uh, and I did ballet classes and contemporary dance classes. Um, and I, again, entered in this whole world of imagination. Um, and then I became a male swan in the Matthew Bourne's production of Swan Lake. <laughs> I know, a bit of Billy Elliot going on here. Exactly. The, the, the character in, in Billy Elliot at the end is uh, Adam Cooper, from the Royal Ballet Company in England. And he was the uh, male swan when I was in the early production, in the first production of it. So I I worked, yeah, I worked with Adam Cooper, which is um, a pretty pretty cool thing to have experienced. Um, So yeah, I I danced for many years. I did a lot of uh, community, I got into community dance. So working on productions that worked with uh, all, all plethoras of, of society and community. Um, and then as I got older, into my 30s, I realised that my joints weren't quite standing up to the uh, demands of, of being a dancer. And so I went into sports and exercise science, physiology, uh, which I got my undergraduate degree in. Um, and I came over to the USA uh, as uh, an undergraduate and I completed my my undergraduate. And then I got offered to stay and do a master's degree in biology that I did some research in genetics um, and looking at genetic inheritance, which, you know, again, is very, very apt with the world that I live in now um, mm. of, of working with, with gender and pronouns. And, uh, and empowering others to sort of find their creative voice. So I, I ended up going into a lot deeper a scientific world than I wanted to, but it was there on the, on the plates of offering from the, from the world, and I, I took them, and it, it now has led me to a very, uh, a very happy marriage to a physician who is uh, a, a baby catcher of all things, and uh, he... <laughs> He's he's supported me in discovering that, um, you know, during my travels of exploring he and she, that there is a another form of, of gender mm. identity, which is they. And I, I'm really, I feel very happy in it. It's in a very unknown um, world to me. And over the last few years, I've been developing uh, my my. Uh, vocabulary I'm not the best person I can be very gender inappropriate at times and I do always apologize for my inappropriate Mm -hmm. use of gender uh, pronouns but I'm I'm learning as I think we all are and um, I think you and I discussed a little bit before about this um, this expectation as an adult to already know exactly who you are and and Mm. how and how you're supposed to be. And I feel, as a 45-year-old, I feel like a child again with this new gender pronoun that I, I'm exploring it and I'm trying to, to do it in the same way that I did with everything else as a child and, and be very youthful about it and, and forgiving of myself and, you know, hopefully respectful of others at the same time. There's a lot in that story that um, was sort of ringing bells. I mean, I, for a long time, thought 
for someone like myself, and the reason I bring this up is as someone who was born in 1965, didn't have even the remotest connection to who I was until 29 when I heard the word transgender, which started me getting into the right ballpark, so to speak. I began to think, oh, nowadays everyone can find who they are in an instant because we have this wonderful thing called internet and social media and there's a plethora of things you can just, you know, search engine your way through. But it does keep resonating that for people whose sense of identity deep down is, other, I'll say, other than male or female, regardless of which term you use, there is this whole aspect that, you know, I was speaking to someone who's 32 and they didn't have a word that resonated for them. For them, it was non-binary until six years ago. And I'm thinking, oh, every, sort of it's a bit everything old is new again. We've just changed a few of the, well, the scripts in a sense, to, um, says me talking to a writer. Um yeah, that it is that sort of sense of wandering around, and then you, you know, hit the oasis. I suppose you know you do find the the the, the really good place. Absolutely, it's true. It's true. Yeah, it sometimes takes a very long journey, um, and and a lot of courage to 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 sort of overcome some of the the damage that I think limitations and social expectation mm. plays upon us. And uh, it, it's amazing how some some pathways take a full circle and then other ones sort of spiral up and some spiral <laughs> down. And it's, it's just learning that, you know, no matter which direction they're going in, they're all for a, a, a good reason. And, you know, it, I think sort of letting go of sometimes those, those identities, um, even just for a moment in time to sort of reflect upon uh, have uh, over the years have helped me especially sort of develop a creative process where I I can I can use some of those experiences uh, if they were more of a downward spiral or a circular spiral uh, a circular sort of pathway I could use those to create something um, and and within that you know I can include some of the upward upward spirals of, of, of life. Um, but it's 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 interesting to to choose to use the the hurtful words, some of the negative experiences, to produce something creative to help others and to share a story that hopefully you know will will uh, help others to find a, a positive voice in their own development. Oh, very, very much so. And I mean, I was this. Um, one of the other things that came out of the early part of your story is you did have the parental support to be your creative self, which must have been a good, or say, counterbalance or buffer against the um, negativity of what you were getting at school. And um, you know that would have been very difficult. But you got your way through that. But you know, I, I like what you say about the creativity. And I mean. At this time, you know, we're needing creativity in every sense of it, creativity that, like your writing, and um, we'll talk about how we can um, get the book um, very soon, but um, also just creativity in the broader sense of the word, the word, where in times where the foundations we had have been unfortunately ripped away from us and we need creative thinking to get some, well, new, you know, maybe temporary foundations down, but maybe they could be better than what we had. Um, 
And when we first began to connect, you were also in the throes of moving halfway across the United States, which would have had its challenges. How did your, well, I'll say, how did your creativity deal with with everything that's going on, including having to move house in the midst, which is, you know, often people's most dreaded event. Well, that and public speaking, but that's, they're probably in a neck and neck race. Um, seriously, how did you manage to um, manage all that at, at such a time? And then you knew you had the book release coming up, which is um, April the 26th is the official release. Um, so much going on there that could be really overwhelming but how did you deal with all of that at that time with your creativity perhaps so interestingly enough I did use my writing abilities um, I, I, I prepared I made a plan and this is all writing down uh, aspirations of what I wanted to do once I arrived in Rhode Island uh, so we did drive from Idaho, which is sort of uh, north, uh, north, mid-north sort of area near Washington State on, oh, the, wow. on the west coast over to Rhode Island. Um, and the only reason we did that is because of my, my partner's position as a surgeon and the need for them to join this practice to help um, with all the medical situations that were going on. <clears throat> um, so I prepared I, I knew that potentially when getting here um, I wasn't going to be able to do all the socially active things that I'm so used to doing like going to PFLAG um, attending uh, LGBTQ plus uh, meetings mm-hmm. uh, connecting with community which I, I'm very much a hands on in person sort of mm-hmm. community a communication sort of guy, uh, person. See, I, I, I still make <laughs> a mistake with my gender pronouns. I admit it. I'm still learning. Um, so, and I even don't like using person because it has some in. So, uh, per kin, I'm going to use kin <laughs> of a per, per, per I'm <laughs> making this up now. But anyway. Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, I, I, made lists and I, I still have a, a big like um, jotter uh, just listed out of things that I do want to do uh, once we are, are able to sort of socially interact um, luckily we, we moved to a place that's out in, in nature um, mm. I've taken time uh, while unpacking and while moving into our, our new house to, to really sort of reflect on some of the idiosyncrasies that I have as well with, with regards to, you know, what pizzas do I like and uh, what can I get at the store and how much toilet paper do I really need to, <laughs> to stockpile. Um, so it, it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's made me laugh at myself a little bit of how... Um, attached to some creature comforts I am and then it's also made me realize how uh, how much I take certain things for granted such as access to medicines um, and uh, healthcare and you know in some in some other work in other other countries they they don't have access to mm-hmm. some of these these facilities generally 
Um, and then you add on top of that a curfew and and social distancing. It's it's heart wrenching. Um, so so I've, I've I've really sort of just pulled myself together. Realised that some parts of my uh, my social interaction just has to be put on hold for a time being, but it's not forgotten. I I I acknowledge it each day that my 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 need for social interaction is a human condition that we all have, and my need to interact with others uh, is something that I I really I really am craving. But you know, it's it's like anything. You you if you listen to it, acknowledge it, and take a few breaths into it, it really for me anyway. It, it helps me sort of. Uh, uh, hope for a better a better future really yeah well you've you've put a, you know again so much in there i mean first of all i suppose the theme that comes out there is the one of gratitude for what you have that you have the access you need to healthcare. that um as you say many other people in don't have and in many other countries all those sorts of things come into it um um, is you know the, perhaps the first thing that came to mind there, but also there's a theme there that you've you've listened to your intuition that came up when you were telling the sort of more that we'll call it the very potted version of your personal story. You followed your instinct as a dancer, you followed your instinct um, to move into science, which may have seemed some um, or, you know physical exercise into science, which may seem you know sort of if you look at the beginning and end of that journey, there's sort of to some extent, they seem far away, but they're, then they're also there's proverbial um, transferable skills in there. And now you're listening, getting in touch with your gut again, calming, grounding, and it's, yes, totally with you on the nature. Um, we don't have forests near where I live here or as such, or not near enough that I can travel to them at the moment, but there's enough parkland which is um, great for um, dog walking and that sort of thing. Um, but which is very much needed. It's just um, a combination of factors um, that come in there. So, yeah, that is that is incredibly helpful at the moment that we do really need to get try to get back to basics of gratitude, being in the present moment. And I think that if there is, you know, some silver, possible silver lining out of this scenario that I think there'll be a lot of re-evaluation. I don't think that we'll just go back to where we were Australia-wise pre-March 13. I think people will realise we were heading towards a cliff and whilst it was horrible that we got so close, maybe we'll find a better path away from it to a safer place, a better place. So, yeah, I think there's mountains in what you've said there. So um, I suppose it brings up the question then. Um, April 26 is approaching. You were in the midst of you know, moving and travelling across the country with deadline pending, but you got to where you are on the eastern side about a month before April 26, which is the release of your book. Um, tell us um, how people can buy it before and then on the day and after, and also if we've had any um, progress in getting it into stores in Australia in particular. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so uh, it will be uh, accessible on Amazon. Uh, there, it is. It is uh, available pre-orders at the moment on Amazon. 
Um, in the UK, I think Waterstones. In the US, Barnes and Noble. Um, I think most uh, bookstores uh, will will stock it. Uh, it is available through their normal uh, path pathways to ordering books. So if you just go in with the the name of the book, uh, Emily Corn, Discovering Darkness, uh, they can look it up. It has its ISBN number. Um, and uh, I, I've forgotten what the other question parts of the question. Well, yeah, is whether we'll be able, to, um, whether there'll be um, stores in Australia that you're aware of at this stage that will have it, um, either specifically or, we'll say, chain group type of stores. Well, I have I have been in contact with most most stores that I could find that were associated with LGBTQ. So yeah. I'm hoping, I believe it's called Hyenas. Hairs and Hyenas in Melbourne. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have been in touch with them. I, I know that they are aware of the, the, the book. Um, so fingers crossed. And if, if, if they don't have it, just ask them to, to order it. And, and I'm sure they, they won't have an issue with getting it, getting it in. Well, that, that's true. They won't. They will love, love it, I am sure. And, of course, at the moment, Hairs and Iron is being a great um, community hub there, um, got their team of cyclists delivering books to people in the inner suburbs of Melbourne if people can't get out and, you know, yeah. SMSing three minutes or two minutes before they get there to leave books on the doorstep if people are voluntarily isolating, say, due to um, immune type of situations, that sort of thing, doing an awesome job, as they always do, incredibly adaptive, um, a winner at our local community awards last year of Small Business of the Year and deservedly so. They're a great um, supporter of our community. Um, and you've also sent me through lots of links. There's a trailer for the book. Um, um, there's um, 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 You and Me at the Black Glass Cafe um, illustrated. Tell us about that one. <laughs> so the, the artist, the illustrator who I'm working with is a childhood friend. Uh -huh. um, we grew up We've known each other, I think we worked out since we were about, I think, 10 or 12. So I'm 45 now. Uh, so she she has been through a lot with me. She's seen me on stage with being a swan. She's watched me go through uh, a degree in sports and exercise science. Um, and uh, the, the, the drawing about you and me... Uh, at this tavern is um, is basically her illustration of, of her and myself uh, sat uh, having a drink in a cafe um, and just having very simple dialogue and it's just a it's, it's a little bit of fun uh, this is her first time doing a graphic novel uh, she's learned a lot over the, the the whole process in using software to 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 draw uh, the the illustrations, um, and so this is her way of sort of uh, promoting the book. She she's done these amazing um, trailers uh, that are fun and just just big up. If if you have a chance to to, to check out these trailers, if you just Google. Uh, Emily Corn on YouTube, 
you will find them discovering darkness. You'll find them, um, and she, they're, they're just they're just a lot of fun. They're they're like a prelude to a movie, and I I give her a lot of kudos for for her ability to sort of see beyond just creating a book, and now she's having fun creating these trailers. Yep. Well, there's a couple of things in there. I, I mean, totally. Got so in, I must admit I get engrossed in people's stories. I forgot to ask about to mention the fact that this is a graphic novel. It's not just words. Um, so it is very much that collaboration. So thank you for bringing that in. And I'll pop these links up on um, the various YouTubes um, under the post for the show and also for when the podcast goes up um, uh, later on Sunday, um, Australian time. And so people can check those out and we can make sure the word gets out there. Um, and one other thing I did forget to mention as you were talking, you know, a couple of times you said we're, we get it wrong on gender, which we all do. I call it um, residual gender programming or something. We're all programmed into binaries um, by society that you know tries to lock us into them rather than having us bust out of them. And so I think that when we say... Um, you know, refer to ourselves or someone else and get it wrong so long as we correct ourselves as quickly as we can and try to keep, um, well, just going better for that person and acknowledging her that and that to me is perfectly okay um, because, you know, as I say, we all have it. We see a person perhaps with a certain hairstyle or style of clothing and go, you know, largely he or she and, of course, um, that sort of binary is, um, you know, very arbitrary. Um, in so many ways. Um, look, Paige, it's just been awesome to talk to you. It, it just, um, so much creativity there um, and so much journey, so much authenticity that is, you know, shining through um, in um, Emily Corn Discovering Darkness. And I think that it has hit at the right time um, where we need things. And, you know, it's only a few weeks after Trans Day of Visibility. So, um, that's good timing as well because we're going to need visibility and connection for our transgender diverse non-binary communities as well. And look, all I can say is keep creating, stay in touch and um, deity willing. Um, one day when we can all be t um, physically together again, I'd love to perhaps have you in Australia and perhaps we could do a live interview at Hairs and Hyenas, which they do as well as um, they have their events in usual times as well as books but all I can say to you and your partner who obviously as a physician is doing great work as well please stay safe and well in the meantime and may the creativity keep coming for a long time to come thank you so much Ali I appreciate your time thank you pleasure Paige Fuller on 3CR 855 AM 3CR digital 3cr.org.au and 3CR on demand out of the pan with Sally Pause. Stop recording. Okay. Now, heaven knows where the recording goes. Um.
3CR 855 AM, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. And content warning for the segment coming up, do have to talk about some police issues and a reminder that the opinions expressed on this program are my own. We had the announcement during the week of the IBAC investigation into the situation at Hares and Hyenas in May last year, 2019. And I think many people have expressed disappointment at that outcome. I am not a lawyer. I don't know about legal processes or legalistic processes. Whether this is natural justice, um, well, I'm a little more certain about that. Something just doesn't seem right here. And to me, this brings up issues of whether legalistic, cold, hard processes can really deal with issues involving human rights, discrimination, harassment, family violence, including intimate partner violence, and so on. They're set up in a very coldly legalistic, um, and one must remember, commercial way. And these sorts of processes will not assist in getting the natural justice we need. But these sort of outcomes don't make people feel very confident that if they bring up issues um, that they're going to get a natural justice outcome. We also have to look at something in the context of this time that um, many people are concerned about the vagueness of um, lack of clarity of the powers that police have. Now, we know at times in other things it has been proven, for example, that police will profile minority groups. I'm thinking here of um, people of African origin and people of colour, um, as has been documented in the past. Now, that's even when there are very clear, non-ambiguous laws about discrimination. It therefore does create the issue of anxiety for people as to whether or not um, when there are vague interpretations of guidelines, whether they're going to get non-discriminatory treatment. And some of the things that I've heard about in the last couple of weeks are disconcerting. There are people who are still needing to access the injecting room in North Richmond, just to the east of Melbourne, and they need to be out, but they've been told they're not out for valid purposes, and I've heard of people like that experiencing multiple fines under the current regime. Yes, we need to minimise the spread of C19, as I'm calling it, but we also need to make sure that we do this in ways that are fair and reasonable and common sense. And if it is perceived that police cannot apply that, it's not going to help us. The guidelines need to be cleared up, but when, and perhaps maybe even not just when we get back to a more usual life, we do need um, to look at how justice and law and policing happen to make sure that they do accord with principles of natural justice because it just seems to me there's a lot of decisions, some I won't even mention and some that we know are still going through various processes that I definitely can't mention. Well, let's just see, are we really doing it right? End content warning. 3CR, 855am, 3CR digital, 3CR on demand, and um, you're on Out of the Pan with Sally.
3CR 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR on demand out of the pan with Sally. We just heard from Midnight On or Used and Abused from their eponymous album of 1978, um, 42 years ago. And other tracks we've heard today are um, open to show finally. We got it in there. AI from Monique Brumby. If at first you don't succeed, try, try and try for a third time. And also Spy vs. Spy, or as it's sometimes called V Spy, V Spy, a band that put out three albums in the 80s and was sensational and found my CDs that I thought were cactus of them and managed to get the tracks ripped and now you're enjoying them. And here's a here's a threat. There could be more of that sort of 80s music in the weeks to come. Well, people are adjusting and normally on this part of the show we talk about things what are coming up still getting some of the usual groups back to um, online format and we'll find out more about those in the next few weeks but there are things happening and one thing that I have found out that is happening that launches on the 23rd of April so that's next Thursday um, is Kerry and Dolly's house party with um, Dolly Diamond and Kerry Stanley on Joy TV so there's lots of queer stuff happening. There's also people really looking out the practical implications of what's going on. People are making sure everyone is doing what they are doing to try to work, get this all worked out. So it's tough going at the moment. It's not something we're used to, but uh, many people are expressing gratitude for what they have, that they have homes to be in, that they have food to cook and thinking of those who are struggling in whatever way and whatever degree. And gradually, slowly, we will work our way through this. Uh, not easy, no. And But I think it's a very interesting thing. People can be up one minute and supporting someone else and then the roles reverse, and that's okay. We're all gonna have ups and downs through this, but we will hang in there and people, as we've sort of settled in, said, okay, we've relocated to home, done what we've got to do now. How do we find some source of entertainment and replacement for um, what we've lost? We are working through it. So um, gradually the supports are rebuilding and I'd urge people to hang in there. Next week on the show, the for the 26th um, is, um, or in time for the 26th, is International Lesbian Visibility Day, which I only heard out heard about a couple of years ago, and I will have a wonderful, prominent Melbourne lesbian on the show, so um, stay tuned in for that. Take you out today musically. Well, we started with um, thanks again to our guest Paige, um, who talked about his writing and um, the wonderful novel, and again the links will go up with in the podcast and um, on the various um, social media posts. Um, so I take you out today with another song. All sorts of writing is good. Maybe something we can do at the moment is go back to basics. And in the words of the late Joe Cocker, do a classic, write me a letter. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week.
Baby, she wrote me that. 